At Idle Talk, we love bringing you our K-bops. But this time around, we're serving up some K-flops. Are you ready to dish on all the K-pop hot messes of 2022? Because we sure are. This episode, we're taking a no-holds-barred look at all the K-pop releases that, let's just say, didn't quite hit the mark. From major debuts that fell flat to comebacks that just didn't do it for us, and even some bittersweet endings to Broadway plays, we're covering all the biggest disappointments of the year. So grab a seat and get ready for some piping hot tea. Hi everyone, welcome back to Idol Talk, where we explore South Korean pop culture one obsession at a time. My name is Nathan and I'm your host. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley, and in the spirit of celebrating the year of the rabbit, I just want to congratulate New Jeans on their latest comeback, OMG. Um, it didn't answer any of my questions about having a sixth <laughs> member added, but their concept is interesting, so give their music video a watch. Real quick, has it been confirmed that their fandom name is The Bunnies? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Oh, oh, how cute! Yeah. Okay, I like. Hey everyone, I'm Chris, co-host, and um, sorry for dying in the middle of recording last time. I was coming down pretty badly with a cold. Um, but I would just like to thank our Lord and Savior, Lee Suman, for revitalizing <laughs> me and uh, resurrecting me from the grave into my K-pop life. I am so ready to start 2023 back in action. I know. Their New Year's show is just what I look forward to every year. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. It has become like a, like I was at a New Year's not party per se, but like a gathering and like people just put on like New Year's Eve shows, right? Yeah. So we just like took turns. Like we switched it from like cable news to like network news and then it was K pop's turn for a little bit. Like it was just <laughs> in the background and isn't that exactly what the whole point is? Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. Anyways. Okay, Gabriel. Right. Hello, everybody. Uh, It's Gabe, and I have some news to share with all our (laughs) listeners. I have been promoted (laughs) on the podcast from recurring guest to co-host. Yay! Yes, I, I had. I was I was considering many different offers, (laughs) but you know. The benefit, the dental and vision was just too good to pass up here. So I What can we say? Phone. We offer great coverage here. <laughs> well, we're really, really glad to have you, Gabe. And after, I mean, you've been in this journey with us for... Since the since beginning. The beginning. Yeah. yeah, since the beginning. So we're really happy to have you and your voice. And you're sometimes, you know, we're, I guess we're going to have more hot takes um, this year with Gabe on as a formal co-host with us. Um, but yes, we're really happy to have him. So listeners, give him more shout outs that he already gets in the comments. And, oh my God. Uh, all right. So we're not, we're in 2023. It's now, it's now January, but we're going to take one more pause to reflect on 2022. Um, as a podcast and since we gave so many awards in 2022 in the last couple of episodes we want to give a couple of more honest awards 
and think about what maybe didn't go right in 2022. And I'm hesitant to call this a what flopped in 2022 episode because as hosts, we're going to we're going to discuss in and around that topic, but we're trying to try to be as respectful as possible. Looking at How you, about Ashley dishonorable mention? Dishonorable <laughs> oh, mention. Or sure. constructive criticism for them to maybe improve in 2023. Noticeable dishonorable mentions <laughs> and ways forward. Yes. How about that? <laughs> Areas okay. of growth. Areas of growth. Yes. Um, sincerely signed Idol Talk Pot. Okay. <laughs> so in the spirit of our newest promote promotion here, um, Gabe is going to start us off. Okay. So in the car ride back home tonight, I was giving this some <laughs> thought. And the first thing that came to mind was Itzy and how they've kind of fallen off the radar for me personally, um, and I think that holds true for a lot of other people as well. Um, just Itzy this year, I mean, they did well with their comebacks. They had good album sales, they had good digitals, um, but there was kind of this feeling among the fans and among the netizens that they're not really moving forward. They're kind of stagnating right now with their concept and whatnot. Um, and so for me, the flop is their English single actually that they oh, released? Um, uh, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Boys Like You, right? Boys Like, yeah. Yes. Something oh like that. Uh, so that was the epitome of the Itzy kind of underperformance this year. It was just not a very good song, kind of simple, basic Disney Channel sounding stuff. Yes. So. Hmm. Yes. It didn't even pop up on my algorithm. I didn't even know they had a comeback. Well, they not only had a comeback with the English single, which Gabe is referring to, that I don't think people that speak English were took a big um, desire for. Um, they also just had a comeback like a couple weeks ago. Cheshire. Cheshire. And I don't think it made like any waves like at all. Yeah, it like, seems as though Itzy is not adapting with the trends. Like, back when they debuted, they were a monster rookie group because their concept was so different from all the other groups that were performing. You know, right. they were doing that, like, hard girl crush concept. And now it seems like the concept is more traditional K-pop with, like, Western type of influences, you know, different styles of music. And Itzy, in my opinion, has kind of been trying to replicate their success of their debut, and it's just not working anymore. Like, they're trying to do the same thing? Yeah. Is that what you're like saying? Yeah. Like, nothing Repeat is changing themselves? here. Yeah. Like, their, their sound is the same, and their concept is the same throughout. And in some sense, that's a good thing, because you always will get consistent music from them. Mm -hmm. But it's just falling flat nowadays. Can I do a quick comparison? I'm thinking, like, Blackpink. There's not much that Blackpink does with their sound as far as, like, 
Or is there? I don't know what you guys think. Like, to me, it seems like their sound is pretty consistent. And obviously, they have, you know, they have their fans. <laughs> they have their fan base. And they still hit hit it pretty big each comeback. Why isn't it working the same for Itzy? Hmm. Um, or is it fair to say I, that? Or am I, like, completely wrong in trying to make that comparison? You know, I don't really know what explains Blackpink's success, if I'm being completely honest with you. But something that I think might help is they all have individual careers also. So mm-hmm. if you are a stan of Lisa, you're going to stand true. the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the problems that, just bringing it back to Itzy, is like, first of all, they're not doing that well as a group as relative to 2019 when they first debuted. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact. As far as I Except see. Except for album sales, which has exponentially increased. But their digitals, while not bad, is all relative, right? So like, also much not any better than what they did when they first started. Um, so given that their group activities haven't been as strong, that doesn't help them. Yeah. But also, like, they don't stand alone. Right, right, like, right. That th- makes sense. There's no individual presence within any of the members. The members right. That, yeah, that it, makes sense, actually. It seems like they need to put one of those girls as a music show host, you know? right. Get them, get, get them, them to be personalities. <laughs> Is it really that time? <laughs> that desperate? Yes. I I think it's time um, that you know they start building an individual brand. Yeah. Like almost, I mean, like people know them as a group, but also if their songs are not performing as well as before, like that's a problem for them. Like something needs to change. Um, and building off of what. Gabe said I was looking at and music show wins are not the greatest metric of anything but it still says something I think so I was looking at their first three comebacks and Dala Dala nine wins I see 12 wins wannabe eight wins like huge successes and like the last three what was the song boys like me or boys like you what is it anyways uh, the English. Song. I don't think they promoted. I don't think they promoted the English song. Okay, but no clout. Cheshire one. Sneakers three. Loco three. So, yeah. like, there's a there's something going on here. Right. It could I also think. be the market. You know, there have been standout groups, specifically girl groups this girl year, groups. that are monopolizing the the charts. So, so then the question is, why can't this more senior group garner more attention relative to rookie groups right. in 2022? I was just thinking that, too. We are in this, like, transition period between third gen and fourth gen, too. Yeah. So, that know. is an interesting thing, Nathan. Why can't the older groups... More and I think attention. this is not just an itsy problem. Like it's a twice problem. It's a potentially a red velvet exact, problem. That was my first thought. Red velvet. Yeah, I would say that this year is fine for them, but I don't think twenty twenty three is guaranteed for them. Right. At all. Mm. I don't think it's not guaranteed for any senior group. Right. Especially given the Seraphim, um, Ive. Ive. 
new jeans, like Espa, even in the case Espa, of even Espa, SM. like 2023 is not guaranteed for anyone except for those three monster girl groups, I think. Wow. So then what's going on with Itzy? Right. I don't know. Yeah, they've really fallen from grace here. Mm-hmm. Something's happened and I think something needs to change. I don't know. Gabe, what's the solution here? Uh, my feeling is they need to do a concept change and not just like a modification or like a slight like tweak. I think they need to do like a 180. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I know that's scary for a lot of groups and companies to do like major concept changes but i think they're just not really as ashley said not really kind of on with the trends right now because you know the seraphim i've new jeans they're all kind of doing like a cool girl type of concept millennial i don't know how else to yeah, describe it's, it it's not millennial yeah. it's like gen z 2000s 2000s concept yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah and i feel like itsy just isn't like their youthful concept is not feeling youthful anymore because of that and how the market is. There's more youthful <laughs> people too, right? And maybe they're, yeah. yeah, maybe they do need to graduate from that youthful concept, you know, to a more mature concept. Yeah, a lot of groups have done that and succeeded with that too. Um, I think in the spirit of talking about a JYP girl group, at least transitioning to one that I thought, which is related to Gabe, was NMIX. Which, with all due respect from me, like, I couldn't even bear to listen to the first 20 minutes of their comeback, of their debut song, because it was very unesthetically pleasing for me. Uh It was difficult. It was just really difficult. Um, but just a little bit about that. The song was called O-O or O.O. So first of all, that emoji trend was a thing before emojis became a thing, which was basically like five or six years ago, probably. So that's a problem. So they're called N- or like they're called N-Mix, and apparently their genre is a mixture of funk and teenage pop rock, which I didn't know. And it is deemed by them and the company as mix pop with two X's. Okay. Um, So when they originally debuted in February, as Ashley mentioned in our chat earlier, they had a, like a pre-promotion period where they garnered, they garnered like a whole bunch of attention. Like Ashley, were you following during that period? Yeah. I saw that there were some, some promotion saying that this was going to be a vocal group and that the members of the group have strong vocals. And I was really excited because JYP isn't known for having vocal groups. And I was thinking along the lines of like, you know, Red Velvet, like power vocals in this group. But it did, when they debuted, it didn't seem like that was what was going on. How the company described them was all-rounders who are not limited to a specific position, and they are a 777 all-ace group consisting of seven vocals, seven dancers, and seven visual members. I remember you that saying this. Is, 
a lot to ask for in idols. Yeah. And I feel like that's also something that you can't just assign the uh, name to. Like, you can't just be like, here's a seven ace group. Like, the fans and everybody has to kind of come to that conclusion, yeah. right? Right. You don't say, like, oh, this is a great song. Also, you, like, let people speak yeah, after they right. hear it. You don't assign that designation to yourself. Like, that's... So I agree with Gabe in that sense. Also, it doesn't really feel like if they're really aces all around, like, it just doesn't feel human to be good at absolutely everything. Yeah, no one's everything. expecting that. Yeah. 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 You know? That's not the expectation. It's It sounds overhyped. Yeah. Yes. Like, it yes. doesn't sound so realistic think- or attainable at all. Yeah. It's not realistic. It's not attainable. No one is expecting this. Mm-hmm. So why are we self-proclaiming that, first of all? I feel like um, everyone says, like, our new group is the shit, but, like, the way that they said yeah, it yeah. is way, like, they, they're tr- setting the bar way, way, way too high. Like a little high. bit aggrandizing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the debut song left me a little bit confused because it also tried to mix different songs into one. It was a little bit, it was experimental. Um, Experimental stuff is polarizing as we talk a lot about (laughs) on this pod, but it also has the opportunity to pay off a lot. And I think that it just didn't pay off for them. Um, I was like looking up some of the, um, headlines behind some of these behind their debut and here's where i think that again netizens crossed the line like they crossed the line and it's a little bit rude but i'll say it and i and i and i wish that they would more respectfully say this but some of the headlines that were going around was like o.o quote and this is not me the brain aneurysm that was Nmix's debut. I was like, okay, that's a little bit rude. <laughs> oh, no. So oh, no. And then second, which I think is more, and you're just going to have this comparison with an experimental song, is this is next level, but make it Craigslist. I was like, oh, my gosh. So mean. <laughs> but, like, oh that's what God. you get yourself into when you're doing experimental pop, when it works for one group and wins song of the year the year before and then this happens right. <laughs> i'm just saying the yeah. last thing and it's not like jyp sorry it's not like jyp as a company has a track record of succeeding with experimental songs either they don't yeah. like it would make sense if this was an sm group and you know they have the talent behind kind of the curtain to help make this great but i don't think jyp really like they don't specialize in that they need to like twice their whole career has never had a single experimental same thing with yeah yeah so like i think they needed to just stick to their guns on this one instead of and like i know they might have been trying to like go with the trends and all but if you can't do it well, then you need to recognize that. You like, know, certainly. If I'm an NMix member and I and I hear that I'm debuting, and JYP's like, "Here's your debut song," 
Like, do the members have any say is my question. No. And definitely not. And if they don't, then, like, but, like, I guess, did any, did they just all do, like, I'm sure some people liked it, but. Well, I, when to you're. To what extent do the members say, like, hey, I don't know if this is it. <laughs> yeah. When you're isolated. Like, does, at least I'm one sure. person must have been thinking that. Like, certainly one person. I don't think one of the members, maybe someone, like, maybe a producer or a engineer along the way, but I... Okay, so I just saw this TikTok of JYP. He was doing some sh- a show, and he was, like, people were shadowing him, and he was observing Itzy's dance practice. And you can tell the girls are just so, like intimidated by him and he's like nitpicking their dance moves and like so serious and like he has like a lot of feedback to give them and essentially they're like it's itsy you know they've already debuted it debuted um so i could imagine especially like how the culture is in korea where you respect your authority figures i can see that they are too afraid to speak out you know Mm. Or, like, to say, hey, this might not be it. Um, And, A, they're probably just grateful to be able to do (laughs) it and to be able to have a career. No, that's true. So, I don't know. Maybe an engineer. The the last thing that I'll say about NMIX is I was looking up just some of their most recent stuff. And I didn't know this because I don't follow the group. um, But... They were, again, originally a 777 all-ace group. They're not actually seven members anymore. As of December 8th, one of the members left the group, and JYP released a statement saying that Ginny left the group due to personal circumstances. So who's the seventh member? The fans? (laughs) Now the seventh member is the fans. (laughs) Wait, really? Is it actually... Well, I don't know. It's we not. don't know. But they're like oh. no longer a seven member group. And I was looking at their most recent release of like YouTube content. And it's like a holiday greeting or whatever. And there's six of them. Yeah. So something is weird in the waters. Yeah. I think JYP is having a major problem. And I think that, I mean, this may be contested, but. They they debuted Enmix with a concept that's too similar to Itzy. Mm-hmm. Like it's just noise pop, really. Both of them, whatever whatever Itzy's concept is, I don't even know. It's just like loud. It's noise pop now, but it wasn't noise pop before. Yeah, necessarily. Or did you think that Icy was noise pop? That was just really good. Yes. I, don't you remember? Okay. We all thought it was noise yes. pop. At it, first. Yeah, first started, it's all yeah. noise pop, like <laughs> like chaos, craziness, noise pop. And, and sometimes it works. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it, it works. does work. And when I first heard Nmix's debut, I was really, I was hoping that it was going to be a completely different concept than any of the existing JYP groups. Because... I already have my Eggio group twice. I already have my crazy, like, girl crush group, Itzy. Like, what is this new thing that they're going to give me? And they made it too similar to 
they made their concept too similar to Itzy, and that turned me off from them completely. Because it's like, why, why am I going to listen to a new group that's giving me the same thing, you know? And the music's not even that good. Right. Ob- subjectively. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think if they debuted a Edmix differently with a different concept then both groups and Mix and Itzy would have had a good year. Right. Hmm. Right. Watch, we're going to be um, coming back in 2023 roundup and like, we and Mix re- is going to be artist of the year. And, oh, Stop. <laughs> we rescind no. episode. No, it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think something weird is going on. I don't want to blame the artists. I think that like everyone in this industry works really hard. I always like to question who's in power and what's going on. And for me, that's JYP. Like something something weird is going on. I feel like he, they can't get a good group going. You know, the only other one, I, I mean, straight kids and twice. But even then, I, I don't think that they can get groups going, but the sustenance is a really big issue. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. be- because ultimately, like, I mean, we talked a little bit about this, like on the side. Like, GOT7 was a hugely successful group. Mm-hmm. And none of them wanted to resign with him. JYT. Like, what's going on here? Right. Yeah. What's going on here? They all wanted to continue as a group, just Working. not with yes. JYP. Right. And they released an album this year. Yeah. Right. So they don't want to stay with all those resources and go with the smaller brand. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? There's a, there's a problem. Yeah. Anyways, maybe there will be more information that comes out and more data points to put together for 2023. But I'm interested to see that both of these groups kind of their trajectory is is kind of gave anything any last thoughts on this on our contribution to this episode i will say with the whole re-signing thing i think twice recently re-signed i think they all did to their credit like all like, to his did, credit yeah. yeah yeah so i i don't know i like there's that's i know bright twice is probably sure. doing fine for themselves. that's a bright light yeah so like Twice is still doing fine, even though like Talk That Talk got overshadowed by Blackpink, BTS, NTC, NCT this year. I still think Twice is like their, you know, cash cow is their bread and butter. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, Nayeon solo was really was really right. good. It kind of went viral for a little bit. So, did you guys? Yeah. See? We got to get more of those girls out solo soloing next year. That's true. Can't just have Nayeon. Doing that. <laughs> Did you guys see yeah. how like people were timing um her song to the countdown for New Year's Eve? Which like song? Oh, they uh pop. Like I think like she does a countdown oh. like four, three. Like yeah. I- I'm like singing in my head. I can't sing it like out loud the tune, but they were like timing it so that way when it's like it counts down to one, it was New Year's. Oh, oh that's fun. It that's was really sweet. cute. Maybe that'll get her on the charts every single year. Who knows? <laughs> yes. Yes. That This time of year is when a lot of groups that get those lucky holiday songs or lucky um, 
New Year songs make it the most. Yeah, actually. true. Oh, Cosmic Girls, As You Wish. That's right. Every year. EXO's First Snow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, there's a lot of them. Anyways, okay. Um, Ashley. Yes. So my 2022 K-flop is kind of a sad one. And it is the K-pop Broadway show that debuted in New York. Um, so the K-pop Broadway show was a, it ran from November 27, officially, to December 11, and after, it was only nine days after their debut that the, they decided to kill the show due to low revenue. The show was a milestone for K-pop in Broadway for a lot of reasons, including it was the first Korean-centered show written by Korean-Americans, the first with an Asian female composer, and one of only a handful of shows with a cast that is predominantly Asian, Asian-American. So it was it was a pretty groundbreaking show. However, it didn't do well because of several reasons. So the show was about um, these three groups. It was a girl group, a boy group, and a soloist who were trying to make it in the United States, like Korean artists trying to make it in the United States, like North American tour, basically. And the and the troubles that they had with, like, breaking into the U.S. market. The show was originally a 2017 off-Broadway show that was successful, and it had a totally different storyline. The storyline in 2017 was more about, um, like, becoming a K-pop. It had the same groups, like... But it also talked about like the the not so good stuff about K-pop, the plastic surgery, the hard schedules, the um, the like uh, performance training, like all the difficult things about K-pop that give K-pop like a really negative stigma. And when they adapted it for 2022, it didn't have any of that. It was more like a like a a concert in theater format that was more surface level about the struggles of Asians breaking into the United States, but also had themes of like love, like finding love and like um, artist freedom and all these. It was just very surface. Actually, is this the off Broadway or the actual actual Broadway? The one that flopped. Yeah. (laughs) So there were a couple reasons why people think it didn't do well. And um, one of them included it It didn't... People that saw the 2017 version who liked it saw the 2022 version and was like, "Would like this is totally different. This is not what I was expecting at all. So there were different... Like it, it lost that substantiveness of the 2017. <coughs> yeah. yeah and, and it lost... 
the 2022 version was trying to bring in a lot of the K-pop fans, like modern K-pop fans that like K-pop culture. Right, the surface, well, I guess. Well, like the yeah. stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stands. And the Broadway show, like the show, it attracted a lot of theater fans instead, which aren't oh. necessarily K-pop fans. And okay. so it, 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 what it really attracted was like K-pop fans that live in New York and theater fans. Mm-hmm. Theater fans that are just giving it a shot because it's on Broadway. Right. Like they like going to shows. Right. Like it, okay. didn't, it didn't really get people to travel to New York to watch the show. And Ooh. I think the main reason why like us regular fans didn't travel to New York to watch the show is because K-pop culture nowadays is like, or in general, you only go to watch a K-pop show because you stan the members. Right. Or the group. Or the or group. something yeah. emotional to attach on to. Like, you're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't go to a K-pop show because you enjoy listening to k-pop music generally i mean maybe that's the reason too but like you go because you're a stan of like specific people mm-hmm. and the show although it did have some a-list cast like fx's luna and kevin Wu, those people weren't performing like fx songs you know like (laughs) they were performing all original like theater scores and so there wasn't like like if you're a stan of luna maybe you'll go watch the show but like i don't know it's just yeah i think with broadway it's also hard because maybe you'll go once as a luna stan but that's it yeah the show has to go on without the stands right. almost, right? And they're, that, that just became a problem. Right. And I, I was thinking... it's like a residency, right? Like the show has to go yeah, on every single it night. It had an indefinite uh, run time. And yeah. I, th- I was thinking back on like this K-pop show in comparison to something wildly popular like Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton... I think people, I haven't seen Hamilton, but I think people will like that show because of the storyline. And maybe the K-pop storyline isn't something that resonates with, like, the greater audience. Mm -hmm. You know? And, And I, I, again, like, I don't know exactly what the plot was about. It sounded, it sounded like to me, Ashley, like, you said that it was mainly about standing culture. It was mainly Um, about these K-pop artists that are trying to break it into North America. Hmm. Interesting. So it's just a story of a, a K-pop A K-pop idol. group trying to make it in the States? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, first of all, that's not, like, it hasn't happened, really. I mean, it, it doesn't happen normally. Mm-hmm. So it's not that much of a realistic storyline. Storyline. Right. Um, so I was so while you were talking about that, I have several thoughts about this. And one is I think that this whole situation is really, really sad and 
Like, I think it's what this show stood for, especially with, like, the Korean-American people that were producing the show, the all-Asian and Asian-American cast. It's something that, like, we definitely need, mm-hmm. like, needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of thoughts, and they're all kind of interrelated. One is that, ultimately, there's still a stigma regarding consumption of K-pop. Yeah. Which becomes, this is the best example of why, like, of how this came to be. Like the no, like there's the general masses are still not accepting K-pop, even though we think that maybe it has progressed in the last couple of years. Right, there's still a stigma. Right. Two, and this might get me canceled. I've said this, but I've said this so many times. What the American producers probably thought the K-pop community looked like was BTS fans, and ultimately. BTS fans are not necessarily K-pop fans. Like, period. Yeah. 100%. So, that was the problem. Mm-hmm. Because they got the audience wrong. Right. Because people that are BTS fans were only passionate about, a lot of them were only passionate about BTS. Yeah. And right. it's not a BTS issue. I'm just saying that the portrayal of K-pop fans as BTS fans is not correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they might have oversold the optimisticness of how well this might do as a general show in the United States. Yeah. That was to occur nightly. Right. That's a really good point because just because you're a BTS fan does not mean you're a K-pop fan. Right. 100%. percent and I think that they would also, ad- I think a lot of BTS fans would also admit that. Like, I don't, actually, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's all that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of solo stands out there. And we're not, we're not, like, trying to shame any, like, if you're a BTS only fan, that's fine. But that just proves, that just speaks to my point. Right. 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 That you're not going to go out to consume this in New York City. Right. You're not going to go out of your way, especially during. You're not going to go out of your way. During the holidays. Yeah. I think a way for them to, because they do, the producers, the writer, the composer, everyone, all the people behind this show (coughs) really are invested in it and they want to continue it, continue running it. And one of the ways that they considered keeping it going is um, making it like a travel show. So and not oh, not a Broadway a show. Yeah. That would be a and lot going better. to the different cities and performing it. Yeah, I honestly that think that really good. I think that would work out better because regular degular ass fans like we're not going to fly to New York to right. watch a show about K-pop. Well, I think we are not the regular degular fans. That's true. And it would be still <laughs> difficult for us to do that too, just practically. I know. Yeah, but like if the last time if yeah, they're meeting ahead, us where we are, then it's much easier for us to do to go support them. Right. Which is how K-pop groups do it. Exactly. They come to us for the most part. Right. Or we go to the closest city that they're in. Right. But they're moving. Like where the fans are not Right. Yeah, that's true. Moving as much. And the only time that we and do not- travel somewhere, it's because one of us is already there and we just want to meet up together. Right. And even groups who are not that big have world tours, mm-hmm. right? Like Dreamcatcher has done like three <laughs> world tours already. Yeah. And they go like 
to a bunch of cities in Europe. They do North America, South America. So it's like that model kind of already exists right? in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention, kind of going back to Ashley, what you said about like people stand a certain group and that's kind of the big motivating factor. Like if they created this show so that it was more biographical in nature, like the story of whatever group um, that's like adapted into a play, uh-huh. then I feel like it would land a little bit better, yeah. you know? Because it's like, it has a more personal connection for people who stand that group. Like if they did like a story about how EXO came to fame, right. or a story about how <laughs> BTS broke into the American yeah. market, like that, I would could, travel for that, that shit. could land. Yeah, 100%. That's true. And like they could collab with like the company to like get everything right. They could do like interviews with people to make sure that like they have the plot points and like everything. So I think it was like the idea as a standalone Broadway show just like it structurally wasn't kind of set up for for success success in that format. Yeah. Yeah. It was only popular the first time off-Broadway because of its controversial topics and because it didn't include those topics in the in the 2022 version. A lot of people were like very surface level consuming it. I think you also have to consider too, going to the theater is much different than going to a K-pop concert. Yeah, it's very posh. Yeah, so I guess that goes back to our discussion earlier that it goes back to they got the audience wrong. Uh, I have one final controversial thing to say about this. K-pop companies in Korea that are trying to do English releases, beware. Like, I don't... Is the market really here? I don't know. There is a big market here. Everyone wants to make it in the U.S. But why is my question. Yeah. And like, this is probably exactly what, you know, a lot of people, you know, that K-pop is, they want to, they want K-pop to succeed in America. I don't, I just, why is my question. And again, beware. Mm-hmm. NCT Hollywood Shove those plans under the table. (laughs) Think twice before you do it. Like, I just don't know. Is America ready for K-pop? Yes. But no? Yeah. Yeah. Diluted. Yeah. I don't think the answer is really clear. Yeah. Um, Anyways, any final thoughts on K-pop, the Broadway show? Yeah. I'll end it with, um, like you said, it. We we did like that it had um, some mile. It was reaching some milestones with Asian American representation, and we always love to see that. So if they do another reiteration of this musical. I will I'm fully there. support it. <laughs> I'm there, but I'm, yeah, I'm there. Like, that's what, uh, this This is a total aside. 
right before the pandemic, one of my good friends was on the Rent cast. And that's exactly what they did for Rent, the musical. They did like tour stops Mm -hmm. and they did like two stops in Orange County. I lived in Irvine at the time. And of course I went. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, I probably will not be able to support my friend who's in the play in New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just based like logistically too. So that's a great idea. Like, I'm so happy to hear that, Ashley, that they're thinking about doing a tour of some sort. Okay. Yeah. And they should, they need to realize that, you know, the West Coast is where a lot of, you know, like Asian culture and like white American culture, like mesh, just because naturally this is where a lot of Asian American people live. Concentrated. Like, Like we're... Yes. Like lots of Asian Americans are concentrated in Northern and Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, in other, like, in, um, in other West Coast places. <laughs> so like, if you're going to do a show that is like Asian, Asian American centric, you need to go where, you know, like, as you said before, like meet us where we are, which is on the West Coast. So. Okay. Well. Chris, why don't you finish off on that note? (laughs) Okay, so my area of growth for 2023 is, or no, not for 2023, sorry, for 2022. I guess I consider this a little bit more of a personal area of growth as well, because again, I've been recently resurrected back to my K-pop life. Um, But I, Wavy had a comeback. And I had no idea about it. So that's kind of, it goes back to what we were saying about ITZY. Kind of the same thing with Wavy. Um, On December 28th, they released their fourth mini album, Phantom. Um, It has six songs with two bonus tracks, which one of the bonus tracks is actually Lolo, which came out. When was Teddy's baby shower? Didn't it come around (laughs) Teddy's baby shower? Yeah. Yeah, so that's when it released. So it just came out on this fourth mini album, like almost a year later. Yeah. Uh, Actually, pretty much a year later. Um, I don't know. I was looking into the charts to see how well it did because it just felt, the comeback felt very underwhelming to me. Yeah. and even the song, it just, I don't know what I was expecting. I kind of, their sound is the same. It's, it sounds, it's wavy. Um, but it just felt like something was missing. Um, before we get into what we think is missing or the more obvious who is missing, <laughs> uh, let me go give you some chart information. Um, after its global release, it debuted at number one. And on the total of 23 different regions. So the regions are Australia, India, Mexico, Brazil, New Zealand, Indonesia, Finland, Poland, Chile, Singapore, Turkey, Malaysia, Vietnam, Thailand, and Philippines are some of them. Not really the U.S. Um, let me go back to... Or Korea, my, it sounds like. Not not even Korea. Um, I think... Oh, no, I lost my, my note. Um... I think they Very hit few top Korea. Yeah, that's like, true. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a tough ask. <laughs> I think. Um, oh my gosh, I lost my notes. Of course, now. 
Um, okay. In U.S. or Korea weren't on that list. So, again, it goes down to, like, it felt very underwhelming. It didn't even, it didn't pop up on my algorithm at all. Um, and so, I guess now we can kind of go into, I don't know what exactly is missing. I guess it's more so who, and that is Lucas. Lucas is not in this comeback at all. Um, he's still in the judge dungeon, still on hiatus. We don't know what's going on. Um, in my research, I recently found out, as you all might know, if you saw the SM Town concert, um, Super M is going to come back in 2023. Lucas is a member of Super M. And so I came across an article where there's a rumor that, you know, from TVXQ is going to replace Lucas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley's face says it all. <laughs> She's wow, very... that's huge. I mean, if yeah, that's true, I think that's I think that's great. I, I think, think so for, too. Like because TVXQ is not represented in that in in the um, lineup. Yeah. Again, it's a rumor. It's not even. I wouldn't even call it really a credible source. It's like an off website that i can't even um cite it back to right now but it's just randomly popped up in my google search like rumors have it that tvxq yeah is going to replace lucas that might make sense Mm -hmm. that would be because it's not going to be changman because he has a wife and a child no yeah does he have a child yeah Yeah. does he have a child i can't remember if he has a child or not but he's definitely married probably yeah um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about Wavy, and I've been thinking about them recently a lot. I I have been tracking Wavy's various releases, solo and group activities. I noticed that leading up to this recent Phantom release, they had 10 release birthday. And 10 mm-hmm. has done a couple solos this year. Like He's done a bit. Yeah. He has. And... They really have him working hard because he honestly is the only person in in, in Wavy that has any, like, street cred. Right. You know? All the other members are just kind of like, mem- like members, you know? Like, there's people in the group. And they're, I think what they're, because Lucas is missing, they're really making 10, like, shine they're trying to make him shine brighter so that when wavy comes out with a release like they can there's spotlight on them Mm -hmm. but it's very obviously not working like tens releases are very good and he does very well with them but for some reason wavy's releases aren't doing well even though 10 is in them and i think the missing part of it is because lucas is like very important to the group Right? Even though it, his main position is visual, yeah, you realize how much you miss that in the music video. Yeah. I mean, right? they are good-looking members, but, like, Lucas is exceptionally good-looking. <laughs> right. Right. And it's just, <laughs> Ken can't carry Wavy by himself. It's mm-hmm. just not working. I don't know if any of you have comments as far as the song. I don't know. It's just the song also just did not feel yeah. did not feel special to me. 
Yeah, Nathan. Um, yeah, I thought it was fine. It's not probably not something for me that I would listen to like repeatedly. Um, I I also think that it's really hard because yes, Wavy is a part of NCT, but at the same time, you know, like I don't think this is contested. Like they're separate. Yeah. Because they're not a Korean group. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're not they're not supposed to make it in Korea necessarily. Right. They're not supposed to make it in the US necessarily. There's no That's such true. thing as C pop among Americans. Mm-hmm. And like they're doing this thing where they're promoting in Korea now post pandemic, but I don't even think that they were supposed to even promote in Korea to begin with. It's just they can't really do much in China because of COVID. That's true, actually. That's a really good point. Like, it's just hard to say for them, like, what were their original goals? Right. And how did it get derailed because of the world Mm -hmm. and different circumstances? I think that they shine the most when they are integrated with NCT. Like, right. NCT I agree with that. NCT was a huge success for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they were trying to figure out what to do with Lucas, whether or not to in- integrate him into the group again. And they didn't have a comeback for like a year plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decided that they're not going to move forward with Lucas. So they kind of had this. So I think that this wasn't an, an ideal setup of circumstances right for them right what is wavy's purpose like are they supposed to be a group that promotes in china i when I they think, released their yeah. first mini album it was a chinese album they pro- they didn't promote in korea they yeah. promoted in china I, this yeah they promoted in china this album is also not it's in a korean album. Yeah, yeah it's a mandarin album they don't release Korean music because they're mm-hmm. not a Korean group. So it's C-pop. Yeah. Essentially. Um, so I think the metrics are hard to compare. And yeah, this is my th- take on Lucas. Like, I don't think he's coming back. Whoa. Like, Whoa. I, I, if, if he's not coming back by now, then wh- what are we waiting for? Ooh. Do you think even though Wavy might need him, NCT might need him and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that China will allow Wavy to perform and promote there? They can, but very, very few things are happening there. Yeah. So, so wavy. Like just recently, like there's activity going on, but the country is not open by any right. means. Right. Okay, so you're so, saying that wavy's wavy's lack of success is because their main demographic is like unattainable currently. It's supposed to be the Chinese audience, right? Like right. Koreans don't speak Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they're getting the Korean audience, it's really the nct fans it's the it's nct fans and it's really high level k-pop fans that are following right right Right. like very very in-depth k-pop fans so Mm -hmm. i don't think the circumstances are really for them um i would like to see them move forward by integrating them into more nct u stuff 
Yes, please. I want more Yang Yang. Yeah, this is a good thing. And win win. You said that perspective, Nathan, because I had a different perspective in mind. I was, was thinking that Wavy's purpose is to appeal to Mandarin speaking people like worldwide. Which it could potentially also be the case, but like their main yeah. focus is just like Mandarin people generally, not like China. And so I was thinking in terms of like SM support for Wavy. It seems as though that SM is giving equal support to all of their NCT groups. 127, Wavy, and Dream. Our Lord and Savior, Lee Suman. And it doesn't seem like Wavy is getting the same recognition, like, same success, even though they're getting the same, like, let's say, budget that all the other NCT groups are getting. And maybe it's just because Mandarin music isn't that popular? It used to be the, like in EXO's time, the market was supposed to be moving towards China. Right. And that, in my perspective, for geopolitical reasons, it became a lot harder to sell Korean media into the country. Yeah. So it reverted back to what it was in the first and second generation, which is the Japanese market, which is what you see most groups doing now. Mm-hmm. Right. Going back to capturing not only the Korean market, but to the Japanese market too. Right. Um, and I think Wavy debuted in that period of transition of mm. back to moving towards Japan. Um. Like, there was a produce series that happened in China, followed by a produce series that went back to Japan. Right. In that exact same time, which was Eyes One. So. Um, but there was a Chinese produce group that Lei was, like, heavily involved in and all of that. Um, but, you know. Yeah. The country is ultimately closed. Right. So. Like, there was discussion, like, long, long time ago about how, oh, we don't want people to consume Descendants of the Suns because it was showing, like, bad qualities of this, this, this. Yeah. Dude, it's Descendants of the Suns. It's the most popular Korean drama in, like, 2016. Right. Let go. Yeah. So, I think the market isn't... isn't Yeah. The circumstances are not allowing Wavy to thrive. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So they're not flopping. Yeah. Even though they get a lot of resources from the company. Yeah. Right. Well. Like, ultimately, they they are not, well, a lot of them speak English. Yes. And they release English tracks. But yes. they're primarily a Mandarin group. How many people in Korea also speak Mandarin? Like, not a lot. Dude. Well, so what's, or like consume what's the solution for them? China may not open for the next upcoming year. Who knows? We don't we don't know when they're going to open. So let's just say they don't open and they don't have any opportunity to promote in China. What what's going to go on with them? You know, like are they just going to continue to flop? I have a light note. NCT 2023. Yeah, I was just going to say what Nathan said just They got to put solo. They got to put those yeah. boys to work by making NCT as a group oh, promote. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) They thrive a lot in that circumstance. They do. Um, Yeah. 
was tough. Um, NCTU, an NCTU debut or comeback. Or have them, well, they did Kickback last year, and that was a primarily Korean, that was a Korean release also. They were promoting that in Korean. I don't know if they're singing Phantom in Korean. No, they're not. They're singing in Mandarin. Kickback was sung in Korean and was performed on music shows. I know they're they're on music shows this time around, too. But You know what? I'm curious if they performed it in Korean. I actually did not look into it. I saw the music video. It was sung in Mandarin. Mm, Poor Wavy. I really want them to succeed because they are very talented. There is an English version in my quick... Google real quick. There's an English version of Phantom for their comeback. Um, Anyways. Yeah, I just see the English version so far. I think the circumstances are tough for them. And now they're up also kind of up against within NCT units that have done increasingly well. Right. Mm -hmm. Fighting. Right. Well, we'll keep Wavy in our thoughts. <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, all right. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. That wraps us up for 2022. We'll be back for 2023 um, with some predictions in our next episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we're on Instagram at Idle Talk Plod. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of our major podcast uh, directories and streaming platforms and if you have any feedback or content requests feel free to email us at idletalkpod at gmail.com and visit us at our content directory idletalkpod.oo.ai where you'll see all of our previous episodes categorized playlists song recommendations and all the above as well as information about us and it can be seen in the description of our episode here until next time we'll talk to y'all later good night bye Bye. Bye.